Thank you for tuning in to Carbondale Historical Society's podcast. This episode is part of our This I Remember audio archive. This archive are interviews conducted in the 1980s and 90s by Mary Ferguson, a longtime resident of Carbondale, born in Spring Gulch. These interviews aired on Katie and Kay and were recently donated to the Historical Society by Mary's descendants. The Historical Society wants to thank Katie and Kay, Seven Stars Rebecca Lodge Number 91, Alpine Bank and Meredith and Dan Bullock Ferguson's family, as well as the many other donors and volunteers who came together to save these tapes and make them forever available to our Carbondale community. Enjoy. This, this is Mary Ferguson on This I Remember. Tonight, my guest is Virginia Calicut Cordell. She has a lot of memories she can share with us tonight. Her ancestors, the Curtis family, the Calicut family, are real old-time pioneers in this valley. Virginia, tell us something about your family and your... Well, I, uh, my grandmother and grandfather Curtis ran a stage stop above Aspen, first off. That was in the 1800s, right? Yeah, early, yeah, about before 1887 when they settled the ranch up here. And my grandmother delivered the first white baby on this side of the range, and that was a foster, one of their friends. And my grandmother was a doctor for everybody. When I was a kid, someone would come up to me and say, oh, your grandmother delivered my mother or this or that, and what uh, she had two brother-in-laws that were both doctors, and she was a teacher, but before they came out west, they gave them a crash course in medicine, and she used to drive 30 or 40 miles by buggy to take care of people. Isn't that a, a heritage to, yeah. to be proud of? One night coming home, a uh, Man leaped out and grabbed at her horse, and she hit it on the back with a buggy with a buggy whip, and uh, knocked him down. She took off, and the next day they went back to that place, and they found some blood there, but no man. So he had planned on doing something to her that he didn't get to do, though. Probably figured that she was a lady, and he was much stronger. Mm -hmm. No, she was a tiny woman. She was only about four feet tall. Oh. Real tiny. They uh, lived at Snowmass, too, or at Aspen at one Aspen, time. Aspen, they lived for... Well, they didn't really live there. Her mother ran a rest, uh, rooming house in Aspen for years. But uh, they moved from the old ranch directly to this ranch here. That's on Crystal Springs. Up on Crystal Springs Road in 1887. And my mother had told me that there were still Indians there when my grandfather came down to look at it the first time, to look at the property. I know there's artifacts there that your brother Steve has mm -hmm. told us about. Yeah. And uh, that's quite interesting. This, uh, the is the original house still standing, the Curtis house? No, it is not. It was uh, over on the ranch across from our ranch the original one, and they tore it down a few years ago. Well, about a good 20, 
almost 30 years ago, in fact. Time goes so fast, oh, especially yeah. after you're 21. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, um, your Grandma Curtis uh, raised Frank Rich, who was a well-known character uh -huh. in, oh. there at the ranch and also in Carbondale for many, many years. Right. He adopted both Uncle Frank and Uncle Dave, but they raised four other children, too, beside their own four. And they lost one child, so they had five children, and they lost one. And they went through the smallpox epidemic up in Aspen. I noticed in going through the uh, Marion Cemetery back in the 1800s, there are so many grave markers with um, children, mm -hmm. oh, anywhere from infants to two, three, four years old. So evidently, they suffered an epidemic at that time, too. Right. That was in the 1800s. And my grandfather, Calicut, he was the first head of the Board of Education in Colorado and also the first head of the Game and Fish Department. He used to be in the Colorado History, but they don't have that book anymore. I always remember your grandfather, Calicut, as to me he was a lawyer or a judge. He was a man of the first party in the mm -hmm. second part, you know. <laughs> He was very dignified and very, very lawyer-like. And, uh, of course, as uh, time went on and the Calicuts came and uh, we, well, we still have you in the valley in Crystal Springs. Where is the old schoolhouse now? In Crystal well, Springs it's schoolhouse. right in front of... Of where we now live, it used to be uh, just as you turn the corner away from the spring, there was a schoolhouse. But uh, they sold that, and it's over where on the Rimpley place now. It's a is it they a, made a home made a home out of it. Yeah. So, well, the Crystal, the Missouri High School, or one of the schools up there, is still there. Yeah, the Missouri Heights, and there's one up on Colder Creek. It's still standing there too. Uh, you taught at the Missouri High School, and uh, at that time we used to have snow. Oh, lots. And uh, I can remember driving up there in my old Ford, and uh, I'd get stuck. If it wasn't snow, it was mud, because we didn't have gravel roads in that right. day. And we used to ride the sled to school every day. Of course, our house was on top of the hill, and the school was at the bottom of the hill. It's about three-quarters of a mile. So you could ride down and pull the sled back. Yeah, pull the sled back. <laughs> what were some of your early days like? Well, I wanted to tell you about Christmas, and it's Christmas. It's Christmas. One year we, uh, well, every year we, Christmas Eve, decorate the tree, have dinner, and then we'd light the candles one time, because they're real candles. And then we sang Christmas Eve's songs until way late at night. And then, of course, we'd go to bed and wake up to Santa Claus. <laughs> no. But our, uh, my other special memory is going to my aunt's place, and my dad would fix up the sleigh with straw in it, and we'd have all these covers, and we'd go down there and have a great day, and then we'd get ready to come home. And I'd always try to stay awake all the way home because... You could see the sparks flying out of the room under the sleigh. But then I'd always wake up in bed the next morning. <laughs> you never <laughs> so, know when you got home. <laughs> no good. 
But we had really wonderful Christmases. Well, the uh, country schools always had such nice always had a program. Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, Valentine's, all those times would be a time of special programs. And uh, I think that uh, that's one thing our kids need. They need to get up in front of people and talk to people. Right. In fact, I was so far ahead of the school kids in Glenwood when I, I went to school in Glenwood for two years when I went there from the eighth grade in the country school because I'd gone to school all by myself except for six months and eight years. I mean, there was nobody in my class. So it was just like having a private tutor for eight years in my class, and I was finished reading Shakespeare and all of this thing, and they were just struggling through learning to read that stuff. I was way ahead of now the kids in town. kids press a button or push a switch or something, and they listen to TV and yeah. the radio. Too much TV and radio, both. They, uh, do not read enough. And these little games they play on the TV is, may make them quick acting, but uh, as far as their brain developing, I don't think it does much for them. Now, the uh, property that your grandparents own, both the Calicuts and the Curtises, that has been super developed, right? There are all kinds of houses there now. Yeah, that uh, the part that my Aunt Alice had is just full of houses. Great but, of big. course, Steve hasn't sold out any of his place, so... Still, the whole ranch is there except what little place I live on there. I don't think Steve will ever sell. He's that's not his, as long as he's alive. That's his home, and that's where he's going to stay. Oh, I, I hate to see these ranches go into houses because I don't know what people are going to eat if they don't quit this. There really aren't. At one time, Carbondale was all oh, had about two, three hundred people in Carbondale, mm -hmm. but they had ranches all around us, and they were all self-reliant, provided for themselves right. and for their neighbors. And now you have to drive quite a ways to find a rancher. My dad used to take a load of wheat down to the, and oats and stuff, down to the mill, which is down there at Glenwood now. Yes, the, uh, it's and, a housing complex uh, now right. where the mill was. And he had it ground into the different things that we needed for the winter, flour and breakfast food, and bring them back and give them so much of the stuff for fixing it. That My dad nice. used to drive a team and the buggy and take grain and come back with flour and mm -hmm. stuff of that kind. Oatmeal, everything. But, uh, it wasn't quick oats like we have now. <laughs> Press the button is the microwave, and it's all cooked and ready. <laughs> yeah, no, I do like that. <laughs> no, and my mother didn't have a washing machine when I was young, and we didn't have electricity. Those were really great things to get on the ranch, let me tell you. Uh, at that time, the lake there that's on Crystal Springs now, mm -hmm. it seems like that... It has been enlarged since. I think those they days. have worked it over and enlarged it. We used to ice skate on that all the time in the winter time, and every bit of it would freeze over. And I it don't think it all does anymore. Doesn't that I know of now. Uh -uh. And I think uh, I think they have trout in the lake there now. Oh, a lot of trout. Uh -huh. 
Some big ones. That's yeah, that was kind of a neat thing. They used to fish in the spring a little bit, but never caught anything there till I got back up. <laughs> and I've caught a couple of fish in the spring since I came home. And I know the ducks and the geese used to come in mm -hmm. and settle there. Of course, they didn't stay all winter, but no. they did come in there. And we do have fall. a lot of these Canadian geese now that we didn't have then, though, and almost too many of them, in fact. They're just thick up there. And the deer are bad. We visited a ranch at Colburn with a pond or a lake on it. And um, the young man wanted to show my grandchildren the fish. And I was amazed because he got a pan full of dog food, dried dog food, and went out and started scatting around, and the fish were just jumping like mad. Caught it with dry dog food? Dry dog food. I'll be darned. Yes. Well, and he said that's what he fed him. It was cheaper than some of the fish meal that he could buy. I remember one time when I was a kid, we went down on the Roaring Fork River, and Dad took a seine, and he got two barrels of suckers, which everybody thinks is bad, but they're the best thing I've ever tasted. They, he took them home and salted them and smoked them, so they're like smoked herring on the day, or better than smoked herring. Well, the people, there's so many of the Italian people that lived around the uh, Marion and Spring Gulch mines that would fish in Thompson Creek, and they would get a barrel of fish mm -hmm. and put them in a brine and smoke them. Oh, they were and so good. They were very, very good. Right. But of course, that was trout. And, uh, but finally we got more people and we had fish. <laughs> yeah. as, as the population has grown. Carbondale is just... Well, I believe we got more deer than we have people from the way the deer eat at my place all the time. And we went down looking at Christmas lights last night and... Saw deer. In this big housing development about halfway to Glenwood. We're looking at yes. it and here was this beautiful statue of a deer in the yard. Only suddenly it moved and there was about ten others right behind us. <laughs> right in their yard. Well, I have had deer in my yard here in town. And I only live a half a block off of Main Street. But I had some apple trees and I didn't always pick up all the apples. So the last three years I've had deer in my yard. I had five deer right up on my front porch because I have a a cedar tree there, and it was just covered with cedar berries. And uh, the dog and I looked through the uh, glass door and uh -huh. watched those deer. They weren't afraid of us. No. The light was on, and they went right on eating those berries. However, we've been trying to get a video of them, and as soon as you get that video camera out, they've, they're gone. They're I gone. don't know why it is. But they've stood there. I've gotten still pictures of them, but when we get the video out, they take off like a rabbit. Maybe it makes a noise. When we lived at the ranch across the gully from the Calicut place, um, we had uh, deer there all the time, and uh, they would never be satisfied eating the hay at the bottom of the stack. They always had to get up on top mm -hmm. of our haystacks. And tear it to pieces. Tear it to pieces. <laughs> yeah. They are very... We didn't mind feeding them, but we certainly, certainly hated to have them destroy a haystack as they would try to do. Well, I do think that they ought to compensate the ranchers somewhat, somewhere. So, it's, 
it's uh, for feeding all the wild animals that they take care of. Uh, and the elk, they're, they're beautiful to see a herd of elk oh, yeah. out in, on the hillside. Yeah, I guess in the, I guess we have just about as many elk and deer as they had here in the early deer days as far as that goes because we've just got protected them so much in the last few years, I think, that they're that. But, but I used to see mountain lions and stuff like that when I was a kid, and I, of course, haven't seen anything like that for years, so I guess they're still around. They're still around. And um, your grandparents homesteaded. Uh, what crops did they raise? Well, mainly they raised cattle for a long time, oh. and then Grandpa Curtis got the irrigation system put in, and they just about raised everything from then on. I don't know that he ever did the potatoes. When my dad came along, he was a potato raiser. That's quite an irrigation system that they have developed up oh, there from it? the reservoir and taking that water all over the place. It even goes, well, it used to go over here across the river by the bridge. When the Haskells lived there, they mm -hmm. used to fill their cistern with water that traveled all over that hillside and came down there to fill their cistern. Right. Still. Still does. I mean, they've just got a. It's fantastic that they can figure out how to run this water uphill and downhill. Uphill and downhill, and there it because, is. Because uh, some of it just sort of winds around itself, but it travels, mm -hmm. and water won't travel uphill unless right. it has something to push it up there. <laughs> and a lot of these old people were really. If we had as much on the ball as some of them did, we'd be all right. Um, my grandfather Curtis was great on getting the water and development in. Another thing that they did was they used to take care of the people that died around the community. He built the uh, the cemetery, the coffin for them. Oh, and then the, together they laid the people out and got them ready for burial and took care of for nothing, of course. <laughs> no, everything was. Was I'll do for you and <laughs> yes. They uh, there is a cemetery there somewhere. Yeah, and uh, my grandfather's buried. Uh, well, he was buried on the old place, and the people at bottom were scared of him, <laughs> and so my brother moved him. And it, that, that uh, because they they were going to have him dug up and moved. Scared of somebody, it wouldn't hurt of anything. I cannot understand that. Well, at one time I was terribly afraid of a dead person, and I knew they couldn't hurt me, but I was afraid of them. <laughs> but I've changed my way of thinking since then. But um, uh, the, uh, the school system at that time, your mother, your grandmother or great grandmother, did teach. She taught there. the first school first at Christmas Crystal Springs, and then my Mother taught there, and then I went to school for five years to my aunt there. Yes, your uh -huh. aunt there. Uh, Maxfield. Maxfield. Uh, she's gone now. Yeah, she died from cancer. And then the two girls. 54. Uh -huh. One girl is, Vernus is gone, and Lucille is, I just talked to her this summer. So. She's out in California now. She's a great writer. People certainly scatter, don't they? But 
I say people certainly scatter. Oh, they do. Gone. And I think a big part of it, uh, World War II really scattered people. They went to work at war work, and they got sent over here in military, and they stayed there. And it, because well, the economy was different. It was easier to earn money there than it was to mm -hmm. raise a potato. Well, for girls especially, there was no place for you to get a decent job here. I know I, I hated to leave this area, but then I went and I got a job, got married, and just never could come back up here till we retired to live. And, uh, what family do you have? Well, I, we have five children. Uh, four girls and a boy. I suppose they're all over the... Actually, all of them are in the Denver area, except our daughter Judy is in Phoenix. And uh, so we go spend Christmas in Denver. That Our daughter in Phoenix has no children, and the grandchildren are in Denver. So, <laughs> so that's... That draws us like a magnet. <laughs> I sure it does. <laughs> Those kids are important. So... Uh, they're all very good, very, do very well in school. We've got two, uh, three of them, I guess, on the honor roll now, out of our five grandkids. Are they doing uh, well? This World War Three age? I Unfortunately, I'm afraid. I have two grandsons that are 13 and a, one, one that's going to be 14 very soon. This and, uh, is a terrible scare, and I hope it never happens. And let's pray that we don't have that. So, because it's, it's it been bad every time we've ever had it, so I guess we don't learn past. But I don't know. You can't lay down and let the world run over you either, so. It's Big bad it's, choice. It's a... Well... You have uh, two different opinions. Somebody's going to strike out and want their opinion to be the top one. And mm -hmm. One leads to another, and the first thing you can do is slug out. And when you see how families fight, a lot of so, families, we're just lucky, and we have a family that just gets along well from the top to the bottom of us, my brothers, my sisters, and my own immediate family. But a lot of families are at each other's throat all the time. You can't be surprised if we have war. <laughs> what do you see uh, for the uh, growth of this area now? Oh, We're I think it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I came back and I thought, well, I'll go back where I know everybody. I don't know anybody. <laughs> That's true. I thought I knew everyone, and I did when I was teaching school here. I knew everybody. Correct. And now I'm the stranger. I graduated with nine other kids, ten counting myself. <laughs> it is a little different here now. You have been listening to Virginia Calicut Cardell, an old-timer in this area. That is, she spent a lot of her time away from here, but nevertheless, this is her home. And her grandparents, old-time residents of this area, there, um, the Steve Calicut is still on the old original homestead.
and he will stay there. Steve was the water commissioner here for a long time, so he knows this area very well. Right. This is Mary Ferguson. This I remember, Katie and Kay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to another fantastic installment of This I Remember by Mary Ferguson. For the full archive of all of the episodes, please visit CarbondaleHistory.org. If you would like to be able to search through the entire transcription library of all of her episodes, please email info at CarbondaleHistory.org. Thanks so much. Stay tuned. Subscribe.